Grab all the immune-boosting remedies from the cabinet, babe. Get the Tylenol ready. He can't have any sugar or dairy. Make sure to give him remedies every 30 minutes like I wrote down. We are kicking this virus to the curb so we both can get back to work tomorrow. Yep, this is the old me and my protocol whenever my son got cold and flu-like symptoms and having a cold or flu back then was extremely stressful and scary to me. Today, my cold and flu healing protocol is quite different and less stressful. This is a popular question I get from you, my audience, what to do when I have a cold and flu symptom, and I'm going to share my thoughts around this area and my healing protocol with you today to hopefully ease your mind and start building trust in your amazing body for when you experience these acute symptoms. Are you ready to stop the overwhelming frustration and simplify your healing? I'm your host, Jenny Peterson, a chronic illness coach and founder of Mind Body Rewire, a program that helps those with chronic conditions get their life and health back by using their mind. That's right, I take out all the fluff, the supplements, the diets, the detoxes, and teach you how to be your own healer. I never said that it's easy, but it can be simple. If you're serious about getting back your life and health, it's time to put focus on the one area that will help you get there, your own mind. So if you have kids, work with a lot of people, or simply turn on the news, getting colds or the flu seems to always be in your face. These acute symptoms seem to put the world into a state of frenzy that I have yet to understand. Let's start with first understanding the difference between acute and chronic conditions. Cold and flu symptoms are typically acute. They last for only a few days or weeks and they are done. They include sore throat, cough, runny nose, body aches, etc. And chronic conditions are where you experience a symptom regularly for three months or more and are considered hanging healings, which I will get into later in the podcast. There are many factors that play into why you respond the way you do to acute conditions or symptoms in general. It's going to be based on your quote-unquote programming and the meaning that you give to them. As kids, maybe our parents took us to the doctor and we were put on antibiotics. I hear this all the time, that as a kid, a person had strep many times over and was put on antibiotics every time. A typical medical response will be antibiotics, uh, Tylenol, or some over-the-counter medication, and stay away from others so you don't give it to them. And for those that are more holistic, they have a tendency to grab a bunch of supplements like echinacea, garlic, or zinc to quote-unquote, boost the immune system. Even sometimes you will hear of people detoxing during this time to get rid of all the quote-unquote toxins. Lots of air quotes going on here. So for me, it was the latter of these two that I used to do when I was in a more holistic practice. In fact, I would pull out all the immune-boosting virus and bacteria-killing remedies I could find in my cabinets and take them all. Taking something every hour, even throwing in some homeopathics that I had, I would only take off working at my store if I absolutely couldn't function and depended on those herbs and supplements to do their magic so I could get back to normal. Both of these medical or holistic treatments are very common approaches to cold and flu symptoms. My question though is why on earth are we responding this way to a simple healing process of our body? Why as a culture are we so hesitant and fearful of having acute symptoms? Well, it all comes down to meaning. Our perception, the meaning we give anything is based on our subconscious programs that stem from society and the environment that we live and grow up in. There are so many factors at play here, and I'm just going to list a couple of them. 
We are taught to go grab a pill to fix everything or go to someone else that has the answers. The answers are always outside of us rather than inside of us. We don't like being uncomfortable. We are taught to avoid discomfort. Don't like your pain? Here's a pill. Got trauma? Here's a pill. Give me something to stop this runny nose. We can't stop because we have to be productive. It's not acceptable in our in our culture to rest or take a day off work or not go to school. It's a badge of honor when we don't miss school or work. Just take a Motrin and give them a Tylenol so we can stay productive or we don't have to miss anything. It's such a negative thing to rest the body, to nurture and allow the body to do what it needs to do. We are constantly suppressing so we can continue with our lifestyle or image that we want to be. And then there's generational trauma. If you have had members of your family die from the flu, that fear of death connected to the flu will most likely be passed on from generation to generation. And then there's the fear of dying when the news announces the amount of deaths due to the flu or COVID or whatever it is, or the limited beliefs that we're told about illness in our body, like it's that time of the year for colds. Your immune system needs to be boosted. The bugs are all around us. Wash your hands. Growing up with parents that maybe freaked out when someone had symptoms or had some type of you know fear-based thinking and were constantly hypochondriacs around symptoms. Everything may have been doom and gloom and fear-based. So then we do the same. Then there's the part that we are programmed to be fearful and weak in so many ways. We are never taught that we have the power within us or build trust in that power. These are just some of the programs that we have and very common ones that I see. And based on these programs, it's really no wonder why people panic with these type of symptoms. These are all fear-based, and because of that, we are reacting out of survival rather than adaptability and trust. Now, if someone reacted to a cut or a broken bone this way, we would think that they were freaking crazy, but it's really the same process that is going on in the body. We simply don't understand how our body heals. We are not taught what healing looks like outside of a cut or broken bone, and because of that, reactions are over the top and come from a state of panic. Think about this reaction from a kid's point of view. What COVID and all the reactions to it did to them and their understanding of their body and quote-unquote sickness. We wonder why this just continues from family to family. Why are we doing this to our children? Our kids and literally everyone are full of anxiety with the body symptoms they experience. And it really isn't a mystery why based on all the programming that this is happening. So how do we really get a quote-unquote cold? Every symptom you have is connected to a body system. That body system is connected to a location in your brain, and that location in your brain is controlled by your subconscious. Our body systems only react based on messages from the command center, the subconscious. They don't make changes unless there needs to be adaptation for survival. Each of our body systems are connected to different ways in which we need to survive. The lungs are about breathing. Our skin is about protection. Our bones are about strength. Our digestion digests. So based on our perception of a situation, our subconscious determines if this perception is safe or unsafe. If it feels unsafe, then it tells the body to adapt because again, it's all about survival. So for an example, if you experience a situation that stunk either literally or figuratively, your subconscious perceives it as not feeling safe. Maybe your kid threw up in the car and the smell was horrible, or you reacted out of frustration and it bothered you for several hours afterwards. 
That may not feel like a threat to your survival on a conscious level, but to the brain, this is a message that feels unsafe. Because your smell is connected to your sinuses, this area of your body adapts. As soon as you reacted to the situation, it immediately started making changes behind the scenes. You lost nasal cells, so your nasal passages can widen to enhance your sense of smell. Because in nature, smelling a predator or other potential dangers is essential for survival. A day later, after you get over the situation, this sends a message to your body that the threat is gone and everything can come back to normal. So the body now wants to come back into balance, which means all the cells that were lost before when you were stressed out need to be replaced. This is when you will have a stuffed up nose, swelling, nasal discharge, headaches, etc. This is what is called the healing phase, and this is healing. You have resolved the situation in your mind, and now your body is coming back into balance. This is what healing is. So colds or the flu are signs of healing. They mean you have gotten over something. Your symptoms determine what body system is involved and what kind of survival risk took place. Your ears are about something you heard. Sinuses is regarding something that stunk or frustrated you. Your bronx about something that was in your territory that scared you. Lungs are about a fear of death and throat is something that was difficult to swallow. You could have one or many of these symptoms. And so the symptoms that you experience, whether there is one or many, are all going to be based on how you perceive the situation. Again, because your perception is the message that determines the action in your brain and body. A cold or the flu is an indication you have gotten over something and you are now healing. So the next question I often get asked is, what about everyone that gets the same thing? So there, when people in families or communities or countries get sick, this is no different. Within our families, we often experience the same situation, but we don't always respond the same way. This is why not everyone gets the same symptoms and why some may not get anything at all. It all depends on the perception. And that perception, you know, how you respond to things is often how your kids may respond to things. So within a family unit, Oftentimes, they're responding the same way or very similarly. Again, it just depends. If you got two parents and one that reacts one way and the other parent reacts the other way, they're going to most likely mimic that. Their kids are going to most likely mimic that in some way. And again, it's based off this perception and how we were raised of how to look at certain things a certain way. So there are no bugs jumping from person to person. What you're experiencing is yours. You can't catch a healing phase from someone. The body doesn't make these changes without it starting from within the subconscious first. Remember, it's the command center and the adaptation in the body only happens based on the message that it receives. And it's important for us to understand the cycle of healing. Every symptom that we have moves through the phases of healing. First, there's the conflict, the situation that made you subconsciously feel unsafe. And then once you get over the conflict, that triggers the healing process, which will include inflammation, discharge, and then repair. You can see this phase in the very basic symptoms that we seem to accept much easier, like a cut or a sprained ankle. But the reality is that every body system goes through this phase in order to heal and come back into homeostasis. It's during the healing phase that the good guys come out, which to the rest of the world, these are bad guys like fungus, bacteria, and viruses. These are your cleanup crew and are a very crucial part to the healing process. 
This is when we are experiencing symptoms at their worst, which is when we are healing, that they show up on the medical tests. So if you get a test when you're in the middle of a you know, bacterial infection in, in your bladder and it shows up you got bacteria in there and you're in that intense pain, that intense pain t- is, is telling me at that time you are in the healing phase. That bacteria is there as part of the cleanup crew in order for that healing process to happen and come back into homeostasis. Symptoms of healing include a fever, headaches, dizziness, chills, night sweats, can be diarrhea, fatigue, pain, inflammation, pus, discharge, weakness. All of what we feel when we're at our worst are parts of the healing process. Those are the symptoms that we experience when the body is trying to uh, come back into balance. And because people are not informed about this healing cycle and don't want to feel uncomfortable, they grab outside remedies to get rid of it. This is where suppression takes place. There are consequences to these quick fixes and suppression. When you suppress you stop the healing process. You basically tell the body, stop what you're doing. So for the short-term comfort, we sacrifice our body doing what it's designed to do. When this happens, the healing process stops and the suppression is done. The body will go right back to trying to heal again. Inflammation is part of healing. Pain is part of healing. Discharge is part of healing. Yes, you may be snotty. You're letting it out. And that's perfect. If we suppress that, it's like telling your body that it's not allowed to poop. Nothing good would come from that, right? We need that discharge to come out. And if it doesn't fully release, then it's always going to be trying to release. And that is how chronic conditions happen. Suppression happens in the case of most over-the-counter medications and prescription. And there are certain herbs and supplements that do this as well. You can see the suppression process when it comes to antibiotics. Someone gets on them for a bladder infection, the pain goes away and they feel more comfortable, but the bacteria that was there as part of the healing process has now been killed. So once the antibiotic is gone, the healing process starts all over again, which is when the cycle starts all over again. Now, I'm not saying there aren't times for medical intervention and that these medications need to be avoided completely. There is a time and place for them. But what is typically happening is that they are being overused and we simply don't need them if we support the body during the healing rather than suppress it. And what amazes me about the body is that no matter how much a person suppresses, it still continues to do what it needs to do to heal. It continues to work towards homeostasis. Now, to heal, you must shift the meaning that you're giving your symptoms. Shifting your perception and meaning to everything is actually at the root of all your problems, not just symptoms. These acute symptoms are a good thing for the body to experience. It builds a stronger body because, again, it's about survival. What we experience helps us to become stronger in order to survive. How you respond to these acute conditions is a mirror to how adaptable you are. If I experience a healing phase that requires me to chill out for a few days and just rest, I look forward to grabbing my favorite blanket and watching a movie and sipping some tea. I accept that this is where I'm at. I'm not going to fight it. I'm going to let my body do its thing. We are here to learn and grow. Our symptoms are actually helping us in that process. Every time you experience acute symptoms, you can choose to see it one of two ways. These are bad and uncomfortable and I need to stop them. Or... These are a sign that I have adapted to a situation I am healing. If your symptoms continue to happen and are chronic, which is called a hanging healing, then it's an indication that you may need to look into how you perceive your situations. 
Remember, perception is based on subconscious patterns, and those start from back in childhood. This is why if you have chronic conditions, it requires a much more in-depth process to resolve them. So you may be asking, so what do I do when I have symptoms or how do I prevent them? Well, the solution of how to prevent and respond to cold and flu symptoms is the same. You have to trust and be adaptable. I don't recommend watching the news. Don't lock yourself up in a building away from everyone thinking this will prevent you from getting something. You're just adding fear with this and causing you to have other symptoms because of that fear. Don't be taking a handful of supplements to boost your immune system. Your immune system doesn't need to be boosted. It knows what to do. Eating all the perfect healthy foods won't prevent you from getting symptoms. Yes, it makes you more resilient and supports your body when you heal, but it doesn't change your subconscious patterns. In fact, I see a lot of people that are very health conscious about the foods they eat and they are all fear-based. That isn't healthy eating and it creates a lot of stress in the mind and body. If you're constantly trying to prevent getting sick, quote unquote, you will be obsessed with everything you do. I see this when people switch over to doing this work. They stop fearing symptoms and then start fearing having stressful situations worrying about how they respond to certain situations, if it's right or wrong, and if it's going to cause a conflict. The fear shifts from one thing to another, and that is not what this work is about. When you build trust in yourself, it allows you to be adaptable, and therefore you respond to situations differently. When you know and trust that the body knows exactly what to do, with every time we trust that, it gets easier and easier. So how exactly do you build trust? and believe that everything's going to be okay when you're experiencing these cold and flu symptoms. Well, just like how you build trust in a relationship with someone is the same way that you build trust in yourself and your body. That doesn't happen overnight. It's little baby steps. You start with small things. Now, I'm very confident in how I approach symptoms that I myself may get or my family gets, but that is because I've been doing this for years. Before the mind work, I may have done a lot of holistic things that I don't do now, but I still trusted myself to make those decisions back then. So that was a good foundation for me. And then once I learned mind-body work, then understanding why my body was doing what it does helped me to trust my body. My own healing journey and doing this work myself is where a big part of this trust has come from. I had to let go of trying to control my body and healing and simply surrender to what my body already knew how to do. There were moments where I got scared in the beginning, ran to the ER or the doctor, and and that is part of the building trust process. You learn that maybe you overreacted or that you made a good decision, you got verification that everything is okay or whatever it is. It's part of learning and learning is going to be messy and it's not going to be perfect. You may need to start with little things to build trust in yourself and body. It may start with a cut that you get on your finger and instead of just letting it be, you actually watch how it goes through the healing phases when you didn't have to do anything but put a Band-Aid on. Then it might be a rash that your child gets that you decide to let it run its course and not suppress the healing and see how how it goes away on its own. Then you might have a bout of diarrhea that you realize makes sense because you had a situation at work just before those symptoms showed up. All this stuff starts to add up to where you start to build trust, you start to make the connections, but you have to have the awareness first of these situations and and what you're observing. And then once that observation is there, you're starting to build that trust within the observation of the healing of your situations. And it just keeps getting stronger and stronger. 
You can stop Googling and stop panicking and instead you start trusting. It's an amazing thing. Imagine how this makes our kids feel when we don't panic when they have symptoms. They can relax and trust in you. And at the same time, they're learning to trust their own bodies. This is a perfect opportunity to be speaking with your kids when they may, may be experiencing cold symptoms of, look at your amazing body. You know, it's it's working this gunk out. I know it doesn't feel comfortable, but look what it's doing. You don't even have to, to do anything and it's cleaning out. And it's, it's creating this fever to help you come back into balance. Like you don't have to give them a whole biological lesson. Just this little stuff that you can point out to them so they can start to make these connections themselves. Like I said, it takes time to build the trust and awareness that you need to do for this work. You have to remember that your brain has been wired with all this other programming. And it's going to challenge you, especially during those times when you want to do something different. Secondly, this is all about personal responsibility. And I'm going to be very honest here. Many people don't want to take personal responsibility. It's uncomfortable and it requires you to pull up your big girl and boy panties. You have to stop blaming and start looking within. It's easy to be a victim to our symptoms and situations, but there's a lot of misery with that too. When you do this work, you realize that there's only one person in charge of your health and life and it's you. This work empowers you to do anything and trust that you can do it. So let's talk about this cold and flu plan. And I I don't want you to like, I hope your expectations are not too high that this is going to be long and you're going to have tons of remedies (laughs) because I'm not going to be able to meet those expectations. But I do want to share with you my very basic cold and flu plan that you can follow for when you experience these acute situations. And again, this is acute situations. And these are only suggestions Uh, Do what you choose to do based on what you feel comfortable with. Again, you might be in a different place than I am, and that's okay. You've got to start somewhere. Uh, But if you truly believe you have a medical emergency, then this is not a replacement for that. Okay, we still got to be using common sense. Your discernment between is this an emergency and is this something to care for uh, that I can do in my home is going to be learned. I, I can't hand over this specific thing and said, say that this is exactly what you need to do at this exact moment. Everybody's body is different. Every healing phase is different. And this discernment that you're going to need is built within this back and forth of learning how to trust, messing up, then learning, learning from that. Like this is a process. And you've got to be okay with it being a process rather than being an overnight thing that you expect to, to learn and, and grasp onto right away. So these, these suggestions I'm going to give you are to support your healing because, again, the body knows what to do. Number one, if you need anything that will help you shift your mind around what you're in right now, like when you're experiencing those symptoms, listen to my meditation of trust your body. Trust your body meditation. This will help you shift your mindset from fear to trust. And the link to that meditation is in the show notes. And number two, realize that you have resolved something and you are now healing. That's super important. My meditation goes through that as well, but it's super important to understand you have resolved something. There's there's no subconscious work for you to do right now when you are in the healing phase. It's already done as far as you've resolved something. Now, if you continue to have symptoms in the future, that's when you really want to be diving into doing deeper level work so that you can let go of those chronic um, conditions. You know, developing your and working on your personal growth and letting go of the patterns that don't serve you are going to help you prevent having symptoms in the future. 
just know that when you're in the moment and experiencing those symptoms, you've resolved something, you are healing. Number three, rest. Take a day or a few days, whatever you need, off from work or school. By not resting, you are just making your healing phase last longer because it's when you rest and sleep that your body is repairing the most. And stay hydrated. Water with electrolytes. You sweat and urinate a lot when you're in the healing phase, so you want to make sure you are staying hydrated. Number five, good food. Soups, good quality protein, eggs, healthy grains, and fruit are very important during this time to support the healing process. This isn't a time to limit your food intake or detox. Your body needs support right now, not be limited on resources or told to detox a body system. Number six, warmth and heat if you don't have a fever. Warmth keeps the blood flowing to the areas that need healing. I know for me, you know, having the the heating pad in bed with me on my chest is is a sense of comfort, makes me feel good. It's nice and warm, um, but it also is keeping the blood flow there, which is helping to uh, assist the body in the healing. And number seven, drink warm teas. If you have a sore throat or a cough, I personally like to make a honey and cayenne pepper drink for when I have a sore throat or cough. Again, this is simply for soothing. I don't look to it for, for you know fixing anything. The cayenne helps with the warmth and the blood circulation to those areas. And it really does help with the, the pain and the inflammation, uh, the soreness that happens in those areas, whether it's the chest or the throat. Take a bath if you don't have a fever. Again, you don't want to be going in warmth if you've got a fever. If you've got a fever, you can, you know, apply um, other things here that I'll mention. But uh, when, if you have a fever, don't take a bath, a warm bath. Uh, I like Epsom salt baths, maybe with some lavender essential oil added. Again, these are not fixing. We are just soothing ourselves, helping um, move the process along. Number nine, apply peppermint or ginger-based ointment to the nose or your chest to help with the stuffiness or congestion. You could also use a neti pot or something similar to help clear up congestion. Just know that the goal isn't to stop it here. It's to move it along. Again, it's to, to have that level of comfort, but also be able to breathe. You know, when that congestion in your nose is so thick, you want to get that kind of moving out. That's all you're doing is just getting things moving along. Number 10, I do like to use cell salts if absolutely needed. Again, these are not to be fixing. They are to support the healing process. Fevers are a part of the healing process, and you don't want to stop them, but Ferrumfoss is a remedy that will that can help assist the body in moving the fever along. Uh, also with fevers, just a cold cloth on the forehead. I like to put peppermint essential oil on, on to keep it nice and cool. Again, those are just my preferences. Um, but there are other cell salts that can be used for the different phases of healing. Like I mentioned, there's going to be the discharge phase, the inflammation phase, and the repair phase. And there are cell salts that can be used through all of those phases. This in itself is a, is a course in itself. So I'm not getting in detail in depth with cell salts. There's lots of information out there. Um, besides the ferrum foss, which is used for, for any type of inflammation, basically, if you have a sore throat, the ferrum foss is still helpful because it's for that inflammation. Uh, it's also helpful for the fevers. And then there's Cali myrrh, which is used for white secretions and Cali sulf for yellow secretions. But there's plenty of other information out there to learn more in depth about cell cells. I'm not teaching a class on that or anything. There's plenty of good information out there to give the very basics on it. Again, these these can also be abused. You know, you have people say, well, I just took a whole bunch of cell cells and blah, 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 you know, or homeopathics. And it's, well, these can be abused as well. Like if we're looking to these to fix us and get rid of the symptoms, 
That's not the goal with these. It's to assist the body. And you still have to let the body run its course. These are here to help support the process only. Because the body is going to do what it's going to do. You cannot say, I'm going to take this so I'm not going to have a stuffy nose. Or I'm going to take this so I don't have a fever. That's not going to happen. Your body still has to run its course. A lot of people misunderstand how long it takes sometimes to get back to feeling normal again, especially when it comes to bronchial or lung symptoms. These particular areas can take weeks to fully clean up. Remember, they go through the inflammation, discharge, and repair stage. That discharge phase can sometimes last a week, two, or three. It really depends on a lot of factors. So I know this cold and flu plan may sound very, very simple, and it is. We have complicated our health so much that simplicity doesn't even feel comfortable anymore. But the truth is that your body knows what to do. Trust me, I have had colds and flus where I took tons of remedies and frankly, it didn't shorten the process up. My body still did what it needed to do. In my mind, it may have made me feel better, but that was it. I may have also made the healing last longer because of the fear I had around those symptoms, which is also something I commonly see. Since doing this work, going through healing phases with a very simple approach has allowed me to relax, rest, and trust my body. This is true health empowerment. I hope you found this information helpful to help you navigate through future cold and flu symptoms. Remember that every time you experience these, you have an opportunity to build trust in yourself and your body. If you are experiencing chronic conditions that are not going away no matter what you do, then this means you are in a hanging healing. This is a great opportunity to learn the subconscious patterns that are keeping your body from healing and let them go so your body can complete the healing process. That is what we specialize in at MBR. We simplify your healing by going to the root, the subconscious. If this is of interest to you, please request a custom healing plan to learn what steps are needed to address your symptoms and what programs we offer to guide you through that process. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others and hit the subscribe button so you can be notified when new episodes are available. You can also connect with me and continue learning by following me on Facebook at Mind Body Rewire and on IG at The Mind Body Rewire. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time.